0: I am Gautam Kumra, Chairman of McKinsey Asia, and you're listening to the Future of Asia podcast series. The Asian century has begun. The region is now the world's largest economy. As Asia's economies evolve further, the region has the potential to fuel and shape the next normal. In each episode, we are going to feature conversations with leaders from across the region to discuss what Asia's rise means for businesses across the globe. Join us.
1: During his time at Infosys, Nandan Nilakani, the company's co-founder and non-executive chairman, has built the organisation into a global IT giant. He's also spent over a decade helping strengthen India's digital public infrastructure, with a strong focus on levelling society's playing field, by leading India's rollout of a digital identity card called Adha, after the Hindi word meaning foundation. Adha is now the world's largest biometric program and has helped millions of Indians obtain their first official proof of identity. Nilakani's latest mission includes creating an open technology network for India's e-commerce market, helping smaller merchants and retailers compete with larger tech companies. In this edited summary of his leading Asia interview, we hear more from Nilakani and how he believes technology can be a means for social good. Nandan Nilakani's story began with Infosys. Now a major global IT player, Nilakani and his company were once considered pioneers in the IT services industry. We asked him about his journey with Infosys thus far and the opportunities and challenges he foresees in the IT industry as digitization takes hold.
2: Well, I'm actually very excited by where Indian IT services industry is. And I'll just give you a set of numbers that will tell you the scale of what's happening. It took 30 years for this industry to become a $100 billion industry in revenue. The next $100 billion came in 10 years. And the third $100 billion will come in three to four years. So you can see the compression of time for every 100 billion. And even in terms of employees, it's an industry that took 40 years to reach 4.5 million. It'll double in 10 years. So there'll be 9 to 10 million people in the IT industry in the next 10 years. And this is going to have massive implications on the economy. It's going to be a bigger part of the GDP. It's going to drive consequential job creation because every one of these people is going to be well-paid. I think digital has become central. I think every boardroom now, how to be digital is the central theme. And the way I see it was that till about 2007 or eight, technology was led by enterprises. So enterprises decided what technology was coming. But with the rise of the smartphone, Apple, Android, and so on, technology was led by the consumer companies. Technology was faster in consumer world. And they brought in a lot of things that were not there in the enterprise. How to make applications simple, the consumerization of the user experience, how to handle big data. Clouds came out of that. AI and analytics became a big part of that. In some sense, the enterprises were left behind. They didn't have cybersecurity become a big issue. So what happened was four, or five years back, enterprise started implementing these things. They started making their applications simpler. They started delivering more mobile first applications. They started using AI in small ways. And then the pandemic dramatically accelerated that. So all our clients are grappling with how they take often legacy infrastructure, which is not designed for this kind of flexibility and agility using modern techniques so everybody wants to be a digital first company so this is like really massive and it's going to be a multi year journey
1: the startup ecosystem in india is growing rapidly how do you see the evolution of the industry
2: well actually i think startups also have reached a tipping point i live in koramangala in bangalore which is epicenter of the startup world i think the quality of entrepreneurs has dramatically improved you're seeing people young but confident, global in mindset, big ideas, that whole thing. And you're also seeing a cycle where people who are at the top of, but not the leaders of companies have become founders themselves. So there's all this massive growth of founders. And then of course, capital has come in a big way, both domestic and global capital. So there's capital, there are entrepreneurs, there's stories of success, there's liquidity, either by selling the company or going public. So all the ingredients are in place. So I do believe that next 10 years, and I think you will actually see these guys making a impact on the country. Somebody is going to transform education, somebody will transform healthcare, somebody else will transform the supply chain of fruits and vegetables, like at scale. So these guys actually have the ability, at least some of them will, to make a material impact on the uh, progress in India.
1: On that note, Nandan Nilakani is no stranger to transformations. His work with the Indian government to revolutionise digital public infrastructure to solve societal issues has had a transformative impact on people's lives and work. We asked him what he sees as the next frontier in India's digital public infrastructure innovation.
2: One of the big things which is getting rolled out is called account aggregator, which allows individuals to use their own data for their benefit and it's being rolled out in the financial sector under the leadership and sponsorship of the Reserve Bank of India. The idea is that if I'm a consumer, I can use my digital trail to get access to credit or to get access to personal finance. Or if I'm a small business, I can use that to get working capital. That's going to completely democratize and transform finance in India. And we built a digital vaccination certificate module, which has issued 1.8 billion vaccination certificates and is now used in six countries. You can store that on your phone, store that on the cloud, store that in your locker, get a printout. So these are the kind of things that because of this infrastructure we have, we can quickly mix and match this and do new kinds of population scale digital interventions. So across the world, especially after the pandemic, when people realized that the world had become digitally dependent and while markets play a huge role in digital technology, there have to be some things that have to be provided more as public infrastructure.
1: At McKinsey, we talk a lot about S-curves. We wanted to know how did Nilakani ensure resilience and adaptability in himself and at Infosys to respond to future S-curves?
2: I make it a point to keep myself up to date on what's happening in the world, both technology, geopolitics, business and all that. And I'm constantly looking for what's the change going to happen, what's going to come down the road. And wherever possible, anticipate that change in the organization. And I'm increasingly beginning to realize that at least the way I think about strategy is not whether it's going to be A or B. It's whether you're built in the flexibility to do A or B. To give an example, none of us saw the pandemic. Certainly, I didn't see the pandemic. But we had made an investment at Infosys much prior to that on working from home. And we had built an infrastructure for everybody to work from home. Of course, the numbers were much less. But to make work from home possible, you have to build infrastructure, security, all that stuff. So when the actual thing happened, we were able to move very quickly. And I think more than most of the other peer companies in our industry, we were able to switch to working from home because we had made the investment in the digital infrastructure and security for that. So I think what that shows is that if you can build in optionality in your systems, then it doesn't really matter what happens.
1: The world around us is becoming more complex. When asked how a leader like Nilakhani stays above the noise, he shared,
2: Oh, I spend a lot of time absorbing and learning things. For me, the big challenge is how to separate the signal from the noise. Because the world is very noisy. There's lots of stuff, lots of social media, this, that, a lot of headlines. Every day there's a new development. It's very easy to get swayed by the noise. So I think the thing is to be able to step back from that noise and see the patterns and try to see the signals. And I do that through reading, through meeting people like you and all the people from all over the world, talking to them. And so I keep getting a multidimensional sort of input into my mind.
1: To round off the discussion, we asked Nilakani about what excites him the most and what worries him about the developments in technologies.
2: Well, I think technology is at the cusp of massive impact. We talked about it due to digital acceleration of the pandemic. But lots of new things are coming down the right? Whether it's the whole uh, crypto world and use of blockchain and the metaverse, AI is just at the beginning of the journey. So there's a lot of stuff happening, technology that's exciting. But also I think it's equally disturbing, which is some of the stuff we wrote about in our book also, The Art of Bitfulness, is that we have to use this to benefit people. That doesn't necessarily happen all the time. And how do we stay on top of this? And so a lot of my work is actually how to use technology to benefit people. And in my view, if a billion people can use something, then that's benefit. They get access to something new. A billion people can learn using technology. A billion people can get better healthcare using technology. If a billion people can move around and change their jobs using technology, then you have something. So I'm not a big fan of just saying, oh, Metaverse and Web3 and all. That's all okay. That's all nice buzzwords. But final test is how does it benefit people? And all this stuff can also go the other way. AI, for example, can have a lot of bias in it. So the whole issue of responsible AI. A lot of the apps are very addictive. So how do you make sure people don't get addicted? We have seen that social media has a huge ability to polarize people because of fake news and because you need to get that engagement. To get the engagement, you have to feed them things they want to hear. And therefore people get into a filter bubble. There's lots of stuff about technology which is very disconcerting and troubling. Our job is to make it used in a way that benefits people and protect us against the risks of technology.
0: You have been listening to the Future of Asia podcast by McKinsey and Company. To learn more about McKinsey, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at mckinsey.com slash futureofasia or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.